Captain Kirk and Picard battling it, battling it out together. Does it get any better than that? Hey, good evening, everybody. John Henry Soda here along with George Batista. Welcome to Counterparts. And we are, I don't know what episode this is anymore. I lost track, but I know we're in the 20s at this point, which is pretty awesome. Amazing, huh? Say. Pretty awesome. Did you think yeah. we would get this far, John? Man, I thought maybe the, you know, it's hard, you know, when you're really trying to do something with someone. You know, I mean, like I've, I mean, we've known each other for forever, right? I mean, our whole lives, basically, right? But you know, when you're working with somebody on a specific thing and it's their idea, right? Because you came to me with this idea and I thought it was a great idea. But I've been approached by many people with great ideas. But the the energy is that they want me to do most of it. They had the idea. They're going to be there. But it's it's too much. You know what I mean? Right. And so even when, when you and I started, I didn't know how much time you had. I didn't know how much commitment you were. But you were amazing because you were like bringing up content. You were posting things. You were coming to me with like, hey, how about this? How about this? And you're still doing that. And then I thought, oh, this is going to work, you know. So it's definitely a thing that you have to have the right commitment from two people and the right um, viewpoint on what you want, you know, the vision. Agreed. The vision has to be equal. So, yeah. So, um we're just dropping stuff here. Um, so very excited to be here with everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate everyone's uh, support here. Uh, people on the Facebook channel, we've gotten a ton of ton of people um, on there. And it's been really a blessing for us. So thank you very much to all our Facebook peeps. Um, and I think the uh next couple of weeks right i mean we can talk about this right just because sure. it's uh it's it's important to let people know so we're gonna have a show we're not missing any shows by the way folks we're gonna be still be here next week tuesday 8 p.m there'll be a show um but it will be a recorded show that we did because i'm actually going to be moving to nashville and i think yeah <laughs> and George, um, I think you're not away that week, but I think you're away the following week. Correct. The week of the 12th. Right. So for me, the 6th, they're coming to pick up all my stuff on that day. Um, and uh, I'm going to put it in a truck. I'm going to be here with, for a week, you know, just sleeping on a, we have like, you know, we have a setup. And uh, so I'm not going to be able to have a show for two, for those two weeks live, but we have shows, we have recorded shows and we, uh, and really good shows. Uh, the show that we recorded earlier, um, not today, but a couple of days ago, I thought it was really good. I think you're all going to really enjoy that. Um, that was the, uh, we could tell people it was the uh, the inner, inner um, light. The inner light. Great episode. It's a classic episode. And I heard today from someone that it's Picard's favorite episode. Look at that. I don't know. I have to verify that because I didn't verify it, but that's what somebody told me. So that, that was really cool. Very excited about that. And uh, yeah, so anyway, next couple of weeks, we're going to have some great shows and we're really excited um, for that. So tune in for those as well. And uh, let me just uh, say hello. Greetings. Matt Briggs. Matt Briggs. Up? Thank you so much for uh, going, stopping man? by. Brian Pollock. Brian. Thank you. 
How so are you, great sir? to see you. How far the show has gone. Galaxies, if I may. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, buddy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Um, definitely. So if you do like this show, as you see, we have some friends here that do like us. Please like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate that. It helps the channel. Make comments the way uh, these two gentlemen did. It really helps us with the uh, the channel. YouTube says, hey, maybe these guys, some people like them. And then they help us out with a little bit of a boost. Um, so thank you very much. And as always, if you're in for, um, if you're walking around and you're like, oh, man, I got no clothes. Well, <laughs> we have clothes right here for you. Um, we have the sexy model that we uh, hired. Uh, I used to walk around have, like that. Yeah. <laughs> We have T-shirts, mugs, and everything else. That helps the channel. It really just helps the channel promote. And uh, it's just cool if you do buy something, take a picture wearing it, and uh, send it to us, and we'll give you a shout-out live on a, one of our live shows. Um, what else? I'm lost now. It's kind of hot. You should probably write things down. Yeah. Today was... Uh... <sighs> <laughs> Today was like 99 degrees that what I saw, that's the hottest it got. I wonder how um, hot it is in Nashville. Actually, in Nashville, it was uh, 80 degrees because I really? looked. I have my phone set up to both. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, set up to both. And uh, so it was It was cool. You know, it was, it was cooler there. But um, I think usually like they're usually in the wintertime about 10 degrees cooler. Oh. I mean, 10, de 10 degrees it's warmer. Warmer. Than, warmer. Okay. So this right. is a little bit stranger. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how the, I don't know how weather works. <laughs> I don't what? Know yeah. And you pretty much know as much as the weather people do. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> so my final shout out is just going to be, I want to give a quick shout out to Dusty Slay, a comedian that I've actually uh, been following for a while now. And send, you know, I bought this hat actually, and he sent some goodies and stuff. He sent like a card to download his new record. He sent one of his CDs and he also signed a, a picture for me. It's uh, based out of Nashville, which I didn't really know at, at the time um because he's from he's from down south but i didn't know he's natural but he lives in nashville but uh yeah anyway just a shout out to dusty slay appreciate all your humor because he cracks me up and my wife and we like listen to him all the time so all right so let's get started with the show first is what we always do and we love to do here is george comes with us with some trivia and uh last week's was uh a doozy that was a good one um, the one that we just shot for the inner light, that one was a great one too. That one was a really tough one though. That one was a tough one. So, um, that's next week. So you guys will see if you can get that one. Cause that was like a killer, but let's see what you got for us today. Let's see. Maybe I can get this. Ha! All right. <laughs> Damn. The confidence is <laughs> I know, devastating. The confidence is terrible. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> this week's trivia is actually directly related to the, the movie that we're doing today. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's more Great. directly it's more directly related than you and I are. Wow. That's <laughs> that's really amazing. Right, right. Well, yeah. So uh, I thought it was kind of cool. So here's today's question. And again, this is one of those that, uh, you know, you got to know your Trek facts to oh, know. Boy. Here we go. Very simple, actually. Very simple question. Okay. The gentleman in this uh, movie who plays the villain, his name is Malcolm McDowell, great actor. He is related to someone in the Star Trek universe, a very prominent actor in the Star Trek universe. Oh, wow. He is actually related to someone in, in, uh, in one of the series. Who is it? Oh, man. 
I'm thinking now last names because if they have the same last name, but it might not be the same. But it might not be. Right. All right. That's a good one because I know I'm not going to get that. I'm going to say Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Genius. Or or, uh, Klingon number two. Uh Aha. No name. He's related to Q. To Q. Cool. All right. That's a great question. All right. So let's do some news. I don't um I think we got news today, right? Yes, we do, sir. All right, let's do some sorry. We're really moving on these shows now, right? We actually, oh yeah. So let's do some news. Counterpart Star Trek News updates with George Batista. He's my cousin. <laughs> we are related. All, All right. right. So today <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was like when we played. Yeah, pretty like much. Right on time. It's amazing how our brains. I know. Anyway, um, all right. So today's, uh, well, this week's Star Trek news is uh, something very interesting, and the reason why I'm bringing this up was because um, executive producer and showrunner Alex Kurtzman, who produces uh, Discovery and and many of the uh, Star Trek shows, um, he was on a on a podcast, the official podcast of Star Trek, which is called The Pod Directive. Mm. And he was asked about Star Trek and why Star Trek is relevant today. Mm. Okay. And I th- the reason I'm bringing this up, because I thought this was interesting, because I think a lot of what he says is actually directly related to this, sh- to this show and how we think well, about we Star know, Trek. Yeah, exactly. Show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just quickly... Um, Talk about two quotes that he put out there and and maybe get your take on on what he says. So again, he was he was asked on on the pod directive what he thought about Star Trek and what it means. And he this is his first quote. He says, given the state of the world, no matter what side of the political side you're on, nobody can disagree that the fact that we are close to a civil war as we've ever been since the Civil War. And and Star Trek gives you a roadmap to the possibility and the potential of human beings and what we can accomplish if we stop thinking the way we've been thinking. Because if we keep thinking this way, we're not, we're not actually going to be around. And I think that's the beauty of Star Trek because it, it gives you a positive look on the future. Love it. Okay, that was his first right. quote. And I'm also going to just give you his second quote, which, is, which ties in even more. But he says, I think one of the things that sing, um, singularly defines Trek is that science is the solution to the, uh, to the problem. It's always the combination of science and humanity. And then to, uh, taking the human approach and understanding where the intersection is between those two things. And then on top of which, the bridge crew, uh, who um, who everybody sort of associates with as family, has to work together using their different skills uh, sets to st- their different skill sets to solve a problem with both science and empathy. And I think that is Star Trek. Wow, that was great. Very powerful, powerful quotes by Alex Kurtzman. And again, this was recently on on the podcast directive. And I just thought that it just says a lot to kind of our thoughts on Star Trek in general. Absolutely. I mean, he's echoing the the words or not maybe uh, verbatim, but he's, he's echoing the intentions of Gene Roddenberry. I mean, that was what he initially wanted. You know, that's what he saw the future being peace you know exactly. and all that 
and yeah, you know, whatever the political uh, spectrum, you know, you shine towards, um, the, the results have not been good. If you look through history, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody about, you know, aliens and whatever, right? And and you start thinking, let's just say you are an alien, right? right. And you're in space and you're flying around your ship and you're looking down at this little blue marble floating through space. And you look in and you say, oh, there's life down there. Let's see what's happening. And you see on a global scale what's actually occurring. Children dying of starvation, wars, people killing each other, uh, people looting PC Richards. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all these terrible things. Um, and you, 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 why would you go down there? Why would you go down there? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, those are wonderful words and it's exactly what we need to hear today. So for sure. So thank you for that, George. Absolutely. No problem. And, uh, yeah, so I just, I just thought that was really cool. And that's your Star Trek news for this week. Awesome. Thank you very much, George. Um, so this, uh, movie that we're going to be covering today and talking about and geeking out on, um, the first time like i remember when this was announced i think i think we like you know a, yeah. little, pee, a little pee came out i think <laughs> we, we, i think we both like i think we both peed a little um we was so, this in front of me john yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, uh, I was talking to you I was, <laughs> oh damn, damn it <laughs> um i peed a little you peed a little um <laughs> It was uh, one of the most exciting things that, that happened just because just what a run up to that point, you know what I mean, we've had with Captain Kirk, you know. Right. And, you know, when you get to, you know, 1994, you know, he's already, you know, he's he's aged, obviously. He's aged well, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I, I never thought for a minute he's too old. Right. But I was um, so excited when I heard that they were going to team up and I couldn't figure out how they were going to do it because, mm -hmm. you know, it's always one of those. But then I remember, you know, the, the, the expanse and the whole uh, thing that they that they came up with was such a great, believable. And this is what Star Trek does. And as a matter of fact, I was just I had lunch with a friend of mine today um, and we were talking about Star Trek because he loves Star Trek, too. So we were talking about it. And <laughs> this, is what, this is what I do on <laughs> When I, really? I talk, Star you talk Trek. about Star Trek. Wow. So we talk Star oh, Trek, bad. like yeah, for for a while. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty rough. Wow. Um, but no. But I mean, he made some good points about you know the the um, Star Trek and what it actually means not only to to society, you know what I mean, to society, but also the the way that they can take a story. And make it so believable, even though if you write it on paper or if you read it to somebody, you you may think, oh, that's crazy. That's not. That doesn't even sound believable. Right. But they crafted it in such a way that it was none of it really seemed like we were like, oh, come on, you know. No, I never did that with uh, with Star Trek. I mean, a few episodes here and there where things were a little bit whatever. But um, like my friend that I was actually with today, he <laughs> he made some. He was saying that in this film, generations when um we're going to talk about what the actual film's about by the way but when captain kirk is actually he goes picard enters his house and he's making right he just thought he was like his cooking was so phony right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I could just see he wasn't really cooking and i was right. like i thought no i bothered him with that though it's hilarious um <clears throat> but 
you know, things like that. But um, um, just a wonderful idea. I don't know. But what was your take on it? No, you're absolutely right. First of all, just to kind of go to your point um, about being believable. If you think about Star Trek from the very beginning, we take it for granted those things that even though they're not happening in real life, they're believable in Star Trek, like the beaming thing. Right. Think about it, right? The beaming thing. It's it, Who knows if that... Uh, if that could ever actually happen in reality, right, but right. In, it, it is happening in Star Trek, and now it's just a normal thing, right? It's yeah, and that that became a th that was a thing only because they were trying to say, well, how are they going to get down to the planet? And he was like, exactly, they'll beam down. They'll be like, right. What? Yeah, they'll just beam down. What is? What do you mean by beaming down? And he's just, well, we're just going to beam. Them. He just created the transporter, and they there you go. Down. Exactly. Like, so they, but they were very good at at taking concepts and, like you said, making them believable. Knowing that that um, the way the Star Trek community is and the way they're going to watch these movies and kind of pick out every little thing and you know that type of thing. So they have to kind of tie it together as best right. they can to make it as believable as possible for yeah. the Star Trek universe. So yeah, I mean they do a great job, and right. it's it's always been a, a an amazing thing for me to see them actually do that. Right. Um. So I'm going to read what it says here on the IMDb just because it's a short paragraph. And then we'll talk about what the actual episode is about. And then we're going to break it down. We'll talk about the actors, performances, and all that good stuff. All right. So with the help of long-presumed dead Captain Kirk, Captain Picard must stop a deranged scientist willing to murder on a planetary scale in order to enter a space matrix. So that's the expanse, basically, and um, nexus. The nexus. Uh, no, no, that's right. The expanse is on the <laughs> on the. What is the expanse? It's on a, That's on Enter Space Enter Nine. Uh, Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Yeah. Enterprise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought <laughs> they're entering the nebula. Gonna enter the Dominion territory, and <laughs> we stopped Romulans. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, so they're in the the nexus, and and it's um, it's cool. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so the one of the things that the I gist of it. the gist of it. So yeah, the gist of it is well, we see in the beginning of the show, and and I, I'm going to show the beginning of the movie. First of all, the 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 concept of this movie, if you think about the themes of the movie, right? Um, getting older, right? Mortality, um, you know, all these these uh, questions about about mortality all these questions about uh, passing the torch to the new generation all right. these things Which you know started so, a little bit on star trek three exactly and then four and you know so you were kind of like going into we've been covering that only because it is part of life and it is especially for somebody who has who's commanding a ship who's getting older they're going to be thinking about that right it, right exactly so so in the beginning we see the enterprise b uh b right i'm right b yeah so we see the enterprise b going on its first voyage and and kirk and and Chekhov and scotty are kind of christening it and going on a, on a, on their voyage with them and they're hailed as heroes on this on this journey and and uh kirk is you could see kirk is like you know in his face he's like uh this, should, this should be my ship Everybody should, yeah i should be here get out of here and then they end up they end up actually having to go on a mission to save uh, these people who are who are uh, in the nexus and their ships are about to explode and there's no ships in the area so they actually have to go and Kirk, this is not Kirk's ship because now they, there's a there's a captain that is actually the captain of the ship and right. Kirk kind of stays behind even though he wants to 
captain this ship and help this mission, but he does his best to stay behind to let him make the decisions because it is his ship. Yeah, and he has to. It's uh, played by Alan Ruck. Exactly. He played uh, um, the uh, Captain Harriman. Captain Harriman, exactly. And so what ends up happening is they end up saving the ships and they end up saving parts of the crew that end up uh, getting beamed aboard. But the problem is that they're now in this nexus and it starts to destroy parts of the ship and they have to get out of there. And in order to do that, Kirk, ha somebody has to go down to the to engineering and kind of know what they're doing, basically. know what they're doing, basically. And Kirk volunteers. Now, the cool thing is that Kirk went to sit in the captain's chair. Right. Because the actual captain went to go down, and he said, "No, no, no, your job is to be on the bridge of your ship." I'm. That was a big thing for Kirk to do. Was, because as soon as huge. he sat down, he was like, "This is where I belong." Exactly. You know, this is where I belong. But um, then he realized it's kind of disrespectful, right, of taking a guy's ship. You right. know what I mean? And um, I think he respects the position. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So then Kirk ends up going down. He fixes the the ship, and the ship is ready. Impulse power is getting out, and then it gets struck by this lightning, and it destroys the the part of the ship that Kirk is in, and he disappears, and he's gone. And when they go down to check on him, he's literally him, and and part of the bottom of the ship are gone, gone. and he's declared dead at that point. Right. And then this is where we fast forward 80 years later into Captain Picard and, and the next generation. And then the film kind of takes on from there. Right. I loved that. They, I loved everything about this film. Actually, it was um, like, I couldn't find anything that bothered me. One of the things that I, that I was impressed was, was with the, how smoothly the transitions are, you know, as a filmmaker, you know, that, um, that always fascinates me because it's so hard to keep a moving move to keep a movie moving, right, right? You know, and going from one, you know, and holding your attention basically. You know what I mean? And it it always did that. You know, there was never any boring parts, or there was never any, uh, you know, because I I remember even watching like I think we watched you know Star Trek for uh, the Voyage Home, I believe. Hmm. Um, there were some scenes that I thought were a little slow, like the whales talking. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, for like 10 minutes, there was a scene. It was it was fine because it was the purpose of the whole film, you mm -hmm. know, wrapped around film. But I was like, yeah, I got that the whales are talking, you know. But um, this this actually flowed really, really well for me. Um, and the performances were really, really great. So let's see. Let's talk about Picard here. Yes. What and, is Picard and, going through here? Huh? Oh, and now Picard gets into a very difficult situation because, yeah. and we, and it's interesting because we talked about his family in the family episode that we did. That's we talked right. about Robert and Renee and how we went to visit them after he got captured <laughs> by the Borg. He finds out in this film that the, the, the Robert and Renee, his brother and his nephew were killed in a fire. And he's trying to hold it in throughout that first section of the movie. And he's angry. And, and when he gets the news, he, only, he does, it was such a great, such a great, shock moments right you know i mean like he was he did it so well where you really he got something that was so devastating he almost like wanted to go but he held it together you know as mm. you know and uh yeah yeah and he and he ends up finally getting confronted by counselor troy she asks him what's wrong and finally he lets it out and he starts crying and he says this is what happened and the big thing was and it was it was very interesting dynamic there where she says that um as long as robert and renee were alive he felt that it was not his responsibility to have children and carry the family name. 
Right, because he right. thought that that was because yeah. that was their job. Because right. now he, so now literally, there's no more Picards because that was the extent of his family. Right. So um, there was that emptiness in there. Right. He, I mean that that um, that scene was really really touching. How he's he, you know, because you could feel what he's feeling for his nephew and his and his sure. brother. You know, sure. it was very very sad. Yeah, and um, you know when this whole. Uh, um, nexus comes into play when um they what was it again hmm? remind me of this <laughs> <laughs> what movie is this I'm this is 48 to... hours with uh, eddie murphy <laughs> remember when nick nolte he uh um i'll tell you before <laughs> come on man so what was the 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 transition from when the nexus came into play so basically what happens is once i get that, mo that point that moment okay so so the, well the concept is that um they they um they rescue dr soren because the romulans had attacked the space station ah right 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 okay dr soren was on the station now right, dr right. soren which is played by malcolm mcdowell who's an amazing right. actor yeah. his his whole concept was that he wanted to get to the nexus because the nexus is there he is the nexus is a place where it's kind of like another world it's it's kind of like another universe really where the reality of your thoughts of of the things that you actually the, really want that right the, the things, things that, that you, you want desire. that make you happy they come they come to fruition right so you're and it's and it, it, i was thinking about this the other day it's it's really like he it it consumed him like a drug. It was like a drug, right. like an addiction for him. Sure. His whole job was to get back into that nexus because he was there and he got pulled out of it right. uh, 80 years earlier when that whole issue with Kirk happened. Right. So, right. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things to talk about here, especially with the, with the, um, you know, with this character, because you really have to look at what Soren wanted. You know, right. like I, when at the end of the, I, first of all, he's an evil guy, right? You know, he's right. Like, but then why is he evil? You know, there has to be always be a reason. Right. And his reason was kind of like legitimate in a sense. I mean, selfish, extremely yes. selfish, but you understand, like you said, it was a drug. He needed to get back to the, to utopia. He needed to get back to his heaven, to his, the, 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 you know, uh, um, the, 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 his Eden, you know what I mean? It was like, that's what he was looking for. And so you can't blame him for taking some of the risks that he did. You know, he was a brilliant scientist. So he was trying to figure things out of how he can get back basically to one of the, the greatest places that he ever, that you can imagine. And of course, if you think about someone who had something that was great and then loses it, you know, how they want it back again, right. this being a scientific thing that he had to try to figure out, um, taking any actions now of course he was willing to blow up a whole planet with that had like 200 million people on it or something right and he didn't care about that right his right. thing was just get this uh worm this golden worm to go over him so he can go back into the <laughs> into the nexus now they ended up you know with uh kirk and uh this was the uh the scene right when um when he kind of like encounters kirk you know he's right. like chopping wood 
Right, exactly. But I want to go back for just for a second to yeah, what yeah. you said about Sauron. Now, but you have to also remember why Sauron is using the Nexus as kind of like a drug because he's getting away from what happened to him in his past, right? right. The Borg came to his planet. The Borg right. wiped out his wiped people. Out right. Okay, it, it killed his family. He he was one of the lucky ones to survive with a handful of other people. By the way, right. with Guinan, who's also the same species as he is. Right. Um, so now his obsession is, and well, you know, if I get into this nexus, I don't die. Okay, I can live forever in this thing. And then his his whole his whole way of thinking was distorted because of what happened to him. Because he's right. saying, like he tells he and tells maybe his uh, family uh, came uh, back. Right, but he tells Picard, he says, time is a predator that stalks us all our lives. And he says, you know, my time is running out and I have to get back to this thing, you know. So that right. was his whole obsession. He's willing to kill people right. just to get there. And maybe, you know, his his utopia was with his family. Right. When right. he gets through the nexus, he's there again at home with his family, forgetting this pain. And he can be there forever with his family again. You know, and I right. think that that's that would you know, that would drive a man insane if he lost his whole family. Mm. You know what I mean? And then suddenly he had to try to and, and then he got them back right by being and then he lost them again mm -hmm. i mean he's just like i'm not you know i'm surprised they didn't use the line i'm not losing them again or something <laughs> like that you know but i thought that that was a um a character that was kind of like you can justify a little bit of his madness mm -hmm. like some 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 guys you can't justify i mean every character every evil guy you can justify why they went mad you know what i mean khan you can you can say khan went mad you know kirk you know, he was a strong guy. They put him in, they froze him up for like, for whatever. They got found, mm -hmm. you know, and then Kirk just leaves him on this planet. The planet gets just, gets eaten up by a bunch of people. gets blown up. He's right. got to go to another planet. He's suffering for all these years. So his thing is just kill Kirk, right? As right. soon as he finds out. He, so his motivation is that. And you can understand why he would want to do that. So you can actually do, get that with Soran also, you know, why he would actually want to kill so many people for his, for his, heaven basically exactly exactly so so then he 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 basically finally um gets down he, he's able to with the help of the klingons because then there's a battle with the klingons okay and the klingon he he actually got into a deal with the klingons and the klingon said you know we'll help you get down to the planet so you can and, and basically what he's doing is kind of bringing the nexus closer to him by shooting rockets and destroying stars so right. the nexus can move okay right. so um so and in in turn that he would give the klingons uh an ultimate weapon right so they can use it to reconquer the klingon empire right. so yeah, those two uh, uh, those two chicks yeah lursa and bator yeah um so they do it what one thing that pissed me off about this movie and it's i'm i'm kind of going aside i like this movie um it's not one of my favorites but i like it one thing that pissed me off about this movie is the battle between the starship enterprise and this little tiny klingon ship okay? right but remember why because they 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 got the access codes to the shield correct but think about think about this right okay the 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 enterprise d is like Three times the size. Oh, no, okay? I know. It's no, so if you, it's no match. And they even said it in the, in the thing. It's no match. Oh, yeah. Okay. But if it's no match, okay, if everything is equal, right, if everything is equal and they're fighting each other, right, shield for shield, eventually Enterprise would blow it out of the water. 
right? Right. Now, the only thing that made the difference was that, okay, they got their shield cold, so they started shooting them in, in a certain place. But the Enterprise was firing back. And the Enterprise you would was, think one photon torpedo would just destroy. Would have just destroyed the, the ship. Right, right. Right? So it, it, to me, and not only did it, this not only did it wreck the enterprise, but it literally Disabled. destroyed the warp core right. and it made the enterprise end up having to explode. Right. right. They had to actually disconnect. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's the only thing I don't like about it because when you look at, when you look at Star Trek universe and you look at the size of the ships and the power of the ships and you yeah, get yeah, into yeah. all that minutia type stuff, yeah. it's really, there should be no match, but that's just, that's all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I I understand that, but I also understood the fact that they were they weren't they didn't feel threatened at all, right? I mean, right. The, the the so the, just you know the Enterprise was the shields up, but they're not really scared about these right. guys. Small bird of prey ain't gonna do anything. But when when the shields are down, you can damage a ship to the point where you can't do certain things. You know, right. I mean, you can't do anything. You know, of course, you know once their shields were down themselves. Right. You know, um, then it was lights out, you know, um, but um, yeah, I, I could I could see that. I could see that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's a very easy blow up, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's just like. Why are they even? You know? It's like it's like I don't know if you you know you watch some of these Star Trek movies or or just a lot of these episodes where you have shields. Right. But then when somebody's firing at you, things are exploding inside the I mean, you're like, but well, then what the hell the shields are good for? <laughs> they don't well, do it. Maybe they just they just slow things down. They slow things down, but apparently shields really aren't that strong. Yeah, yeah. Shields are like <laughs> that's just my uh my rant, uh, yeah. against shields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like a light sweater. I'm like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um where so, are we at the story? Okay, so anyway, so so anyway, the battle ensues. They, they they eventually destroy the Klingon ship finally, but unfortunately the Enterprise uh, their warp core is damaged, and uh, now the ship's going to explode. So they have to separate the saucer, right? And they have to uh, get out of get out of there before the bottom of the ship explodes. Now Soren is already down on the planet, and this is where we see the poor Starship Enterprise, the first the lower half of it explodes, which sends the top half of it crashing into the planet which i thought was a great scene by the way it was a really great scene they did that so well yeah when i first said i was like oh yeah because you're like you're like you know they, it's a long scene yeah and even long. when they hit the floor they're still like and, flying and you know what they also did really well which which um you know they really showed showed the size of it right you know I mean? because it's a massive ship, a massive you know ship. I mean? and, but when you see it you see the small little trees and it's tearing through all these trees and stuff and Exactly. I just thought that they did that really, really well. Absolutely. Um, they got messed up badly. And um, luckily, every planet they ever crashed on has oxygen. <laughs> hey, it's a Class M planet. Come on now. That's right. Class M. As long as it's got... Seems like there's a lot of Class M planets. Actually, there probably are a lot of Class are, M yeah. planets. But, um, so Picard... So now we see that P Picard actually was on the planet with Soren, trying to stop him. But right. he can't because Soren has a shield. So Soren is successful at bringing the Nexus over to the planet by sending a probe into the into the star and exploding it. Right. And the Nexus now engulfs the planet, destroys it, and now everyone's in the Nexus. Okay. So now Picard. Now this is this is an interesting part. 
Picard gets sent into his reality in the Nexus, which is a big family. Yeah. Right? He's like spinning around and he said, Papa, Papa, right. I love you, Papa, Papa. Wild. Just, just like my son. <laughs> exactly how he says it. Papa. You sure he's your son? No, I'm not actually. <laughs> Is the, is the mailman British? I can't get the. <laughs> I got the mail here. How's Ben doing? Give him this. Tell him happy birthday. No wonder the mailman's been bringing a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, why is the mailman? That, that's the friendliest mailman I've ever seen. My God, he's paying our mortgage. Wait a second. Why is he? What a nice man. Mm. He lives upstairs now. I don't get the. Um. Man. So, so yeah, so Picard is in his reality, and this is when he starts to realize that this is not right. Right. And he, he has a conversation with Guinan, who is there. Yeah. She's like, she she told him before, remember? Before he went, she was like, You're not gonna in the way she talks, she's like, You're not gonna wanna leave. You're not gonna wanna leave. Right. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're not gonna wanna leave. <laughs> My daughter, by the way, wants her hat. Yeah, it's such a cool hat, <laughs> she right? Wants to get that know. big hat. As long as it doesn't snow, because that'll really weigh down. And exactly. Break, and break your neck. But um, so, um, so now Picard has to figure out, okay, did, how do I stop this man? So this is where things get really interesting. Because we find, then Guinan tells him, go, go look for somebody who just appeared in the Nexus as well. And, and this is where Picard runs into Captain James Tiberius Kirk. Right. And he apparently knows him, I guess, from pictures and stuff, um, from through his studies. Through history, he, right? Yeah, history, because he sees him and he's like, Kirk. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, Kirk. You know, like, like amazing. You know, and Kirk is just chopping wood. You know, I was impressed that that was really William. It was really actually. You know, what's funny. My wife wood. and I were watching it, and she goes, "You think he's really doing that?" I was watching it because I saw there was no cuts. Right. Exactly. Now, I don't know if the wood was tempered in any way. It probably, or maybe it softened or something. Softened or something. Yeah. I don't know. But regardless, he got it smacked down in the middle, which still right. has to split it. There's no CGI for that. You just got to have the skill. Well, you figure probably William Shatner is he's has farms. I mean, he's a he's a cowboy. He's a yeah. He, I mean, he's probably grew yeah, up in farms all his life. So he's, 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 like all he's I'm sure he's chopped wood in his life. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, I did that last week. See. Yeah. <laughs> you mean those were the chopsticks? I think that's the only thing. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, chopping broccoli. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was very impressive. You know, very impressive that he did. And then of course. He's Willie, you know, um, Kirk is sort of like almost playful, you know, he's like in his happy place, sort of right. speak. He's, and right. he's, but uh, because time works different, correct, you know, so he says, I just got here, like, just I was just chopping wood right before you came, you know, I just that's the only what I remember. But you remember, it was 80 years earlier, you know, right. that, that he actually got there, so. Um, so yeah, this time works differently. It's a whole different, uh, uh, dimension and all that. But then they start, he's trying to convince Kirk at this point, dude, things are not right. There's this dude that he's trying to mess things up, you know? And so, but of course, Kirk is just not really into it. He's like, come on in. You know, he's like making, right. he's making food. He's like, uh, doing stuff. And, um, 
you know, but I think there was a moment, I think, and they both had it, you know, Picard. And I guess, you know, this is a, this is an interesting thing when you get both the captain, both captains who are, you know, obviously for our money, right. The, the best thinkers of the, uh, of, of that Star Trek universe, they both at one point came to the realization that this is not right. This is not real. And that's very difficult to do. You know, it's very difficult to do when you're in the place that you feel the more, the most Remember, he just lost his brother and his nephew. So now he's in a house with kids and he has sons. The Picard name will go on. You know, he's got a beautiful wife. He's got a beautiful house and, all these things that he's that he's desired are there for him. For him to say, "No, this is not right," and he sends his kid. Remember, this kid was kind of crying, mm-hmm. and he says, "No, go, go," and he sends him away. I mean, that's hard. Yes, that's hard, you know. And um, Kirk did the same thing when he right. was cooking at one point. And I think it was this scene where he kind of like, where he kind of looks up and he's like, he's like, "This is not. Mm-hmm. There's something missing. There's something a yeah, missing, yeah, yeah." yeah. But yeah. it, but you it, it, it's interesting because you have two captains who are completely different personalities, but their their thoughts on being captain is exactly the same. Right. So they neither one of them that life is for them. Right. right. They they can't do that life because even remember Kirk told he says this was the day nine years ago where I told my his girlfriend who was upstairs I was going back to Starfleet okay that life was just not for him he right. needs to be in that uniform and Picard the same thing and yeah. that's and like like you were saying they both came to that realization because the realization of that for them was stronger. Right. than what they were seeing in the nexus right they weren't fooled by you know just people that can't you know you always hear about people who can't be hypnotized right you know exactly. they're just too strong-willed they're too they're too in the present you know right. they're not into their own thing you know into their own worries or whatever they are um but yeah they both had that realization and and it, it really took them uh to work together now one of the things that i thought was interesting of course they had to go and um um reverse things to go back to a certain time right uh, you know i think they did it with the iphone there's an app <laughs> what time you want to go back and um they went back to a certain time and they basically were able to get a little bit earlier to right. stop soren from actually doing what he already had done once right but because the time works differently there you know you can actually control it a little bit especially right. if you're not if you if you've decided you're not part of it exactly i think that's it, the know? big thing though, that's right? the big thing like if you yeah. if you if you give into it you're going to get taken into the matrix right? right but if you if you fight against it you're aware enough to see where you are and you're in present time right. you can see where things are that's kind of like life today right Absolutely. um and he was able to see that this is not a real thing this is actually a lie right and they were able to go back and um and and fight you know soren and um i think uh Kirk had some real amazing, like they had to get that little, because he had a, everything was on a little remote control, right? And so they had to get the the little clicker. He drops it; it's on the thing. And Kirk, it was a great. That whole scene at the end was just stop. Ah, it, nah, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun scene because it's you get to see scene. them both in, both in action. But again, you get to see how they work, yeah. and 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 again, even, what I liked about that scene is that they brought out their personalities. Kirk was the guy who was like. 
I'm gonna. Like they, didn't, they didn't try to change. Yeah, they changed know exactly. What right. Saying, Kirk yeah. was the guy. Who's like, I'm gonna take care of that. I'll get Sarn. I'll get that thing. And and yeah, Picard yeah. was more like, wait a minute, no, we should work together. No, no, no. And Kirk tells him, we are working together. We are working you together. go that way. I'll go this way. You know. Yeah, yeah. So He's like, okay, Captain. He's like, call me Jim. Right. Exactly. But they, and, they, and they, they were able to bring those person personalities perfectly together in, yeah, yeah. in those scenes. Yeah. In that one scene where he says, uh, call me Jim. And he walks away and then Picard kind of looks double takes, you know, yeah. and, and you got to think about what he's thinking. He's only read legendary things about this guy. Exactly. And, and exactly. Here he is telling him to call him Jim, you know, so it's a, for him as just a, a Starfleet uh, officer commanding the same ship, exactly you know, it, it, it's a huge deal for him you know exactly but and that, they and they save each other in the scene a couple of times here and there he saves kirk from falling on from this thing and so yeah. finally we see that kirk um gets uh gets onto the to the thing and he presses the button where you where you see the launcher and then picard is able to disable the launcher and kind of self-destruct it but right. in that kirk is holding on to this bridge and this bridge ends up falling Right. And smashes on top of Kirk. Right. And then um, Soren, I think when he does get up there, right. Picard had switched it to actually explode. Explode. So when right. When he realized that he looks at it, he kind of like looks up like. Up and, and then he's gone, done. Into pieces. And then this is where we see the monumental moments of the of the passing of the torch. Right. Where, where Kirk is dying. Right. And this is his death right. scene where he's trapped on where this thing is on top of him and Picard yeah, yeah. goes to him. And I, I, I love that scene. Yeah, it's it's a tough scene to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I it's a tough scene to watch, but it, I liked it better because Kirk did go out a hero. Oh yeah, always. Remember he said early on he was I knew I would never die alone. Right. That I'll die alone, you know, and he exactly. kind of in a sense did. He did, yes, yes, you know, he, he did. did. He did he, die alone. When he when he blew off on that ship. You know, from the Enterprise, when you know when he got taken into the Nexus, mm-hmm. that was basically his death. Exactly, he was, he was by himself. Right, and well, remember when he talks about dying alone in, in Star Trek Five, he says, he says, "I'll die alone because you you guys won't be with me." Right, because that's his family, right? That's so family, yeah. if you guys are not there, I'm alone. I'm alone so, yeah. so, um, so, he, so yeah, he, he did, he did. But uh, he, but, but, but what does he ask Picard in his dying, you know, while he's dying? Did we make a difference? Right. Did we stop him? And he says, yes, we did. And he yeah. says, you know, uh, you know, something like, I've got nice to work with the captain of the enterprise. And then he yeah, says it was, it was and his last words was like, it was fun. Right. right? And that encompasses his whole life from beginning yeah. to end. That yeah. right there was, and was not fun. just, not just, uh, Captain Kirk, right? But William Shatner, William Shatner, in that, yeah. in that journey. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, so I thought it was the the perfect thing to say. It was fun, you know. Because yes. I mean? it's like that was the the thing that just tied it all together. William Shatner, Captain Kirk. How many years that was from 1967 mm-hmm. to 1994? Right. That whole thing, and I mean, he did other things. I think smaller things. I don't know exactly what, but um, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was it. That, that was, was it. You know that was mean? it. Absolutely, and, and um, it was great. It, no, I thought it was a. I was fitting it, and I know a lot of people had issues with the way that happened, but, but um, I mean, I thought it was fitting. I thought it was, and I thought it was. It was. I a mean, nice, you could have also done. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. So I, I you know, you could have actually. They could have. The Nexus could have been coming. Right. They could have figured out another way to stop Sauron. Right. And and that 
and he doesn't die, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Nexus passes over them and stuff, whatever, right? Um, and somehow Picard and Kirk are well, no, wait, because they were on the planet, they were in the present time, right? So the Nexus didn't when they were out of the Nexus, right? right. Um, if he didn't die, he would have just been he would have had 80 years to catch up, right? He would have been, you know, he would have been right, right now in present, you know, present time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, if that was something that William Shatner wanted to do, it was thought of. Because oh, yeah. I, I read the I read some of the backstory on it, and um, there were two different endings. One of them where he lived, and they actually were gonna they were actually gonna make one of the next generation guys die, oh, and and then I um, that. yeah, but then they <laughs> but then they decided to switch it. They thought it was more fitting if Kirk passed, died, and it was. And William Shatner said it was a very difficult scene for him. That part, um, also calling Picard the captain of the Enterprise was very difficult for him. Sure. Saying that, you know, what I, sure. I I completely understand it, right? Sure. You know, I'm saying it's so, day one, <laughs> but it was um. But I thought, you know, listen, again, it's he he went out a hero, and and I, you know, so I'm okay with how they did it. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have any major issues with it, and it was a, like I said, it was a nice passing of the torch. Yeah, and um, I I was I'm I'm more kind of like you know obviously as a fan you want to see these characters go on. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of these writers will write these amazing books that will keep these stories going. You know, right, you right. read all these adventures of these of them. If you're into reading, or if, even if you're into audio books, you know, now audio books have become a, a much bigger thing. You can watch, you can listen mm-hmm. to, a, and some of these audio books have like special effects and all that stuff. So they, it's like listening to a movie, basically. Exactly. You know, and you use your imagination. So there's a lot of things, but I mean, I think it was fitting, and I think that. He did his time, you know what I mean? And it's like it was really handing over the torch properly rather exactly. than like here's another here's another franchise, you know, next generation. Um, because at this point, next generation has been on for how long now? This was, yeah, uh, it was like seven it was six or yeah, seven it was years. Already yeah. six, seven years. So it was already pretty established, and it was actually the top of it at, at the top of the right. the next generation's um peak, you know what I mean? Right. Where the episodes were really, really becoming good. Right. So it wasn't like they needed mm-hmm. to do the movie. You know what I mean? They just, right. I think it was more of a, let's do this properly for the fans. Right. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? It was really a fan thing because I don't think that it was a needed movie mm-hmm. to be made. You know what I mean? It, it, it only, it only did two things. It only tied these two characters and the torch passed over. It's really what it only did. No villains were remained. Right. Uh, the ship, of course, was destroyed, but there'll be another ship like there always is. And, um, you know, everybody survived. You know, all the main characters, you know, um, all the red shirts died, but um, most of the everyone else was alive. And so we're just on to the next the next thing. So the only thing that it really did was unite past the torch. That was the, right. the main reason, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I think it was done really well. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely, and yeah. and we have the we the end part where where the ship is destroyed and they're collecting all their things and Picard is on the Enterprise and they're now they've come to uh, the ships have come to take them and Picard is looking for his family book, right? right? And this is where he says where he talks about time, right? And yeah. he says he's talking to Riker and he says someone told me that time is a predator that stalked us all our lives. He says I tend. I tend to see time as a companion that goes with us on the journey, 
right? And then he says one line, which I really liked, where he says, um, it's, 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 uh, what was it he said? It's not as important as, uh, oh, now I forgot the line. It's something about, um, it's not as important. Uh, it's, it's basically the most important thing is how you've lived. Oh, right, 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 right. right? He says something like, I forgot what the lived, actual line well was. Lived, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, he goes, it's important of how you've lived, the legacy that you've left, right. left behind to people, right. which, which, you know, which, which we've talked about on this show and, yeah. and those yeah. type of concepts, you know? Yeah. But then uh, Riker kind of has a different approach. He's just like, he's like still wants want to be a renegade. <laughs> yeah. I want to live forever. Right, right. He doesn't want to be a renegade. You know, he doesn't understand. I mean, at that point, I guess Riker's still young, you know, he's yeah. still kind yeah. of like the, he still wants to be the the Kirk of uh, the Enterprise, and um, yeah. But anyway, yep. That's when we lost this gentleman, Will um, James Tiberius Kirk, and of course, Jean Luc. Jean Luc Picard. Jean Luc Picard. So, uh, so let me see. I think this was a, another picture I had, which I thought was cool. Yes, that's when they were together battling yeah. Soren. Uh, yeah. I just like the 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 coloring of, uh, of the shot. I don't know if this is the exact coloring of the film. It's just what I found, but, um, the film was also shot. The, the color of the film was nice too. If, if you actually watch, um, the scenes where they're in, in, in the enterprise, like especially specifically in Jean-Luc's quarters, mm -hmm. the, the lighting was completely different from, the show. You, from the show. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I noticed that from the whole movie because yeah, we're, 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 we're in film world now. Right, it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. They're using yeah. Um, bigger cameras. You know, it's film now. You know what right. I mean? It's not like the the controlled environment of having these, uh, you know, cameras that uh, and and well lit scenes. You know, right? Very dark. Very dark. Kind of yes. Enterprise. Yes. Even even at the beginning, when William, when um, when um, Kirk enters the 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 ship, you know, mm -hmm. and, with the crew and everything, dark. Dark, yes. You know, dark, yeah. and the cards quarters were dark, and the whole ship was was dark. You know, it was, um, but the whole film was, you could see where, where the the series, and the film, were different. You know, yeah, because you can't definitely. do the you can't do a film, and and have all the stuff that you did. And they say, why are you doing that? You got to get fancy. We're spending a lot of money here. Let's get right. some good camera. Let's get some great lighting. Let's create a mood here. Let's do something really special and. And they did with that with the lighting and all the films i think did that you know uh but the next generation is is the only franchise that really where you got to really see where the films were being done in the middle mm -hmm. of the series or, mm -hmm. or just after you know what i mean it was we're right. close to the series right it wasn't like like you know original series where you had all these years to develop something where you knew it wasn't going to look Right. Like it well, did in yeah, 1967, yeah, exactly. It's gonna look right. more yeah, right. modern and different, you know. Yeah. But with that, you had to do something different for the movies that people are gonna pay their money to go see something. Why am I gonna watch this if it's on TV all the time? Absolutely. You know, and it's like, nope, this is different. But they did a great job on that. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, so that's a wonderful that, movie. That's, uh, the film, if you have not seen that, um. I think it is a standalone film. You can watch mm -hmm. it without having seen anything else. It, yeah. You know, I'm, it is uh, a fun adventure. It's a fun movie. I think uh, movie, people yeah. will enjoy it. Yeah. And um, I think we touched a little bit upon, you know, again, folks, you know, that one of the reasons why we do this show is because we want to build a bridge between Star Trek and everything else. 
we tie in some of these stories to our personal lives. As a matter of fact, I think we, <laughs> on our last, on the one that we just recorded that you'll see next week, we really went deep into our yeah, personal lives. Yeah, we did. <laughs> More than I think we've ever have. So uh, <laughs> that was actually a really uh, uh, an interesting episode for us. Yep. We learned a lot on that episode um, called The Inner Light. And so that's next next week, um, I believe, is the, uh, what date is that anyway? Is it the 6th? Uh, the 6th, yes. The six, four, right? five, four, five, six, yes. Yeah. So the 6th, uh, yeah, that was a, that's going to air um, there. So anyway, all right, folks, want to um, thank but, you, everybody. Yeah, so let's, let's just do, well, just want to do a couple oh. of things. Um, I have okay. the top 10 movies of that year. Oh, that's right. And I got the top, the top 10 songs of that yeah. year. So, um, Let's uh, yeah. So just just so you see where the uh, ne- uh, what Star Trek Generations was going up against that year, and this is the weekend of November eighteenth, uh, nineteen ninety four. So number one was Star Trek Generations. It was actually the number one movie that weekend with thirty five million. Um, number two was the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus with Tim Tim Allen. Ah, that was a huge hit. It was huge. One of, one of the biggest Christmas movies ever. Yeah. Um, number three was Interview with a Vampire with Tom Cruise. Ah, yes. Oh, right? Oh. Yes. Lestat. Uh, number, number four was The Lion King. Oh, my the, God. The first Lion King. <laughs> that was a monster. Yes, huge. Number five was The Professional, which I think that was Sylvester Stallone, if I remember correctly. Uh, I could be wrong. So I think it was. Number six was Stargate, the original movie. Oh, okay. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, number That's seven. series that then took over with Richard Dean Anderson. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Um, MacGyver. Um, number MacGyver. S- number seven was Pulp Fiction. Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> number eight was Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which is that remake. The remake, yeah. Number five. I mean, number nine is The War, which I'm not exactly sure what that is. Hmm. And number 10 was The Swan Princess. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So that's a tough competition right there. Top 10 movies, 1994, November 18th. Wow. And during uh, the music, since we're talking about uh, top 10, so I'll, I'll do all the way from, I'll start at 10. So number 10 was uh, Don't Turn Around by Ace of Bass. <laughs> number nine was All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. Uh, number eight was All for Love, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Number seven was um, Breathe Again by Tony Braxton. Um, number six was Stay by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. Uh, number five was Hero, Mariah Carey. Number four was Power of Love, Celine Dion. Remember that one? That was yeah. a huge, huge hit. That's right. Um, number three was I'll Make Love to You, Boys to Men. Number two I swear on all for one. Uh, yeah, all for one. And the number one song of 1994 was Ace of Base, The Sign. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> As musicians, that hey. was one of our favorites. Yeah, exactly. It's, the, I'm sorry. It's it's hard for me. Just, the uh, the drum that. fills in that song. The drummer <laughs> that played that, I think his name was X24100 Yamaha. <laughs> I think he was brilliant. No, I'm just kidding. But hey. they made a ton of money, and they are sitting pretty, and they're doing their thing. Absolutely. So, cool. All right. Let's do some trivia. 
So yes, yeah, so the I know, I don't have that at all. I have no idea what the hell. I even forgot what the question was. That's oh how my bad. God. That's how bad I'm gonna do at this trivia. Okay. So again, the trivia question was Malcolm McDowell, who played Dr. Tolly and Soren on this. <laughs> that's not Malcolm McDowell. Oh. <laughs> um, who played yeah, there he is, who played Dr. Tolly and Soren um on this uh, movie that we were just reviewed. Um he is related to a very prominent actor in the Star Trek universe. Okay, can I ask who is it? Can I ask a few questions? Is you have a phone a friend? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Sure. Yes, you, you can you you may ben? ask. <laughs> um all right. Is it a captain? No. Okay. Is it so I'm just gonna keep asking <laughs> is it someone that's on the next generation? No. Is it someone that's on? This will be my last question. Is it someone that's on one of the series? Yes. You know, okay, one of the series. All right. But it's somebody that's popular. Well, I mean, uh, like if you say if I if I if you tell me who that character is, oh, you'll I'm know who the character. I'll know Absolutely. who it is. You'll know right. who it is. I mean, they weren't like number one character, but they Dwarf. were. No, they, um, were, they were popular. I'll I'll even give you I'll even give you a bigger hint. <laughs> this character was on Deep Space Nine. So the character only on Deep Space Nine, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Uh, Nerese. No. Good guess, though. Um, I know. If you said good guess, that makes me think that it's a woman. <laughs> I said good guess because I just thought it was a good guess. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I know I'm thinking, okay, if you said good guess, it's because it's maybe another woman. Uh, Otto. Cisco. <laughs> well, let's just go through the whole cast, why don't we? Um, no, he is, he is he is the uncle of Dr. Julian Bashir, oh. who is Alexander Siddig okay, I on Deep Space accent. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh, only wow. have the same accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Um, like my mailman. Wow. <laughs> And the way your kid's going to be talking soon. Yeah. <laughs> what? We're in Jersey. Why are you talking like that? Father, father. Um, holy cow. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. So Star Trek Universe connects. Absolutely. Like they're all in a nexus or something. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank everybody for tuning in. Please like, share, and subscribe if you like these shows. And also, you know what? Let us know if you want to hear a specific if we want us to talk about a specific episode, you know, you Absolutely. could send it or to a movie. Me. Yeah. Or, or a movie, you know, if you say, you know what, you guys never did this or you guys should cover this one or, or maybe an idea like the top 10 something, you know, maybe the top 10 episodes or the top 10, anything. Um, I mean, Star Trek related, obviously <laughs> the top 10 vegetables <laughs> in the fall. I'm like, wait, no, no, that's not what we meant. All right. Beats are number five. <laughs> I got beats. So, beats um, yeah, beats are great. Beats are really good. All right. You can always email me at uh, John Henry Soto at protonmail.com. And if you have a complaint, that's where it goes also. Yeah. Any complaints of, uh, <laughs> of anything you sent there as well. 
But um, yeah, if you have an idea for a show, if you think we should cover something, let us know because George and I sit here and we come back with a lot of days. Now we have no lack of of content because Star Trek is vast and we can always draw from so many different places. But creative things, you know, we're trying to come up with like more creative things as we go along. And we could use help. Why not? You know, if you guys have a great idea, I think um, we would appreciate it very much. So thank you very much. And uh, just send me an email. All right, folks, we're approaching over an hour now for this episode. Um, we've already passed a few generations on the episode of Generations um, or the film. And uh, it was a great film. Good job, George, as always. Thank you, sir. Um, thank you. And everybody, thank you very much. Have a wonderful week. We will see. We will be here next week. It would be a recorded episode, but it is an awesome one. It is The Inner Light, uh, one of Picard's, uh, actually uh, um, Patrick Stewart's favorite episodes. I'm going to confirm that, but I'm going to say that that is the case. We're going to ask it him. Came from, it came from a good source. Yeah, we'll ask him. You're the worst. Stupid. Um, <laughs> sorry, sir. Um, take him to the break. <laughs> So, <laughs> so um, we uh, we will be back next week um, and the following week with some great episodes. So we will see you all. Thank you, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Um, do well. And as always, peace.